In this episode of Midlife AF, I am speaking to one of my very favorite human beings, somebody who helped me so much in my early journey of kind of finding myself post a bit of a breakdown, or as I like to refer to it, my spiritual awakening, Lisa Kordoff. She is sensational. I'm sure many of you know her already. If you don't, she's one of Australia's leading transformational coaches. And she and I are talking as part of my live AF series about how do we be okay when the people that we love are not. So this episode is called Unstuck AF and I hand you over to a wonderful conversation between myself and Lisa. you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move, then Midlife AF is the podcast for you. Join counsellor, psychotherapist, this naked mind and grey area drinking alcohol coach Emma Gilmore for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens, menopause, relationships and navigating this thing called midlife alcohol free. If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you saying, it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking, come with me. Together we'll find our groove without booze. Lovely, lovely Lisa. Um, The reason I wanted Lisa to come on, not only because she's just an amazing person to listen to anyway but because I, I did Lisa's courses back in I think I did what, in 2019 2020 and maybe 2021 as well actually and possibly 22 um so she's been quite a big influence on my life and has really helped me in times where I was really at a really in a really low place feeling really stuck feeling like I didn't know what to do and circumstances around me felt like they were in control of my life. Um, and Lisa really helped me change my narrative around that. And some of the tools that you have helped me with, Lisa, have led me in such amazing directions um, that I would never have imagined. And so I would love you to introduce yourself and share whatever you want to share around being with people when they are struggling and how we can be okay in those environments well uh okay so yes I'm Lisa and it has been amazing to watch your journey (laughs) it really has it's actually a huge source of joy for me to see the work that you're doing knowing where you were at when you came in and and everything that's changed for you I just I am always watching and I just think it's wonderful and now helping other women in the way that you are it's just like it's the best and I think you know the topic that we're talking about today is an interesting one because while I was you know that 2019 stage of my life that was one of the most intense years of my life it was also one of the most successful years for my business and I was teaching people this stuff uh, without necessarily giving them any context to why I was teaching it how I'd learned those skills Um, 
my husband was, we separated at the start of 2019. Uh, he'd been in recovery for alcohol dependence, addiction. I'm, I'm not too sure how you talk about it. Um, but uh, for, for two years, uh, obviously it had been a, an issue for quite a while, but it was sort of officially diagnosed in, in 2017. And, uh, you know, I mean, I was watching, I was basically married to this amazing human who was not okay. You know, he was definitely not okay uh, yeah. for a long time. And it was a huge, uh, we were what would be classically described as codependent. I felt absolutely responsible for, uh, I mean, he, his, his mental health, really. We had three kids in under four years. We were living away from home uh, up in Brisbane. So all our family was down in Melbourne. I'd started my own business. He worked as an aerospace engineer. Life was really full and busy. He was also a recording artist and a painter and all the things. And, um, and we had such an intense love, you know, and I didn't, I couldn't really separate myself from him and his well-being. Uh, and that's when I started to learn about things like codependence because as much as I loved him, nothing I ever did was ever going to change his choices and where he was at. It was the hardest lesson I've ever had to learn. It's had massive spin-off effects for me in my life especially because uh, our marriage ended in 2019 he entered a six-month sober house and then uh, and so I was parenting mm -hmm. our three kids solo kind of trying to recover from the fact that this is where my life had ended up I just I couldn't even get my head around it at the time like this is not my marriage this is not my Nick this is not what do you mean mm -hmm. I'm married to an alcoholic I just I can't what and yeah. so all of that was going on and then he he actually relapsed the night he left the um the house and he passed away in in India where he went on a mission to find peace that he was just craving all the time it was all he mm. actually ever wanted was to feel peaceful inside himself and uh yeah. That was what booze was for him. It was just a, it was just a yeah. feeling of peace. And I saw your reel before about the amount of undiagnosed neurodivergent people. And for sure, you know, the psychologist yeah. that I started to see soon after he died, because um, yeah, he died in India um, in September 2019, uh, was like he he sounds autistic. And I said, well, he in I don't know, it was yeah. probably about twenty. 15 or 16 he discovered Asperger's as it was called sort of back then and was like oh my god yeah. my whole life yeah. makes sense and we started reading about it and we were like oh yes. my god yes, yes this is exactly this is you like what yeah and no psychologist yeah. would ever diagnose him so he no. didn't he never I believe he he no. would still be alive if someone had said to him, you're not, they were medicating him yeah. for all sorts of things. And, and 
And he, yes. I kept on thinking, this is yeah. not helping. This is not the problem. This is not, this does not make sense to me. Getting involved in that recovery space, I mean, oh, there's so much that I have to say about it, but that's not where we're going. Yeah. Um, what, yeah. what pains me yeah. is the lack of understanding and awareness of neurodivergent yeah. presentation back then. Like it's coming so yeah. far now. Thank God. Thank God. And my psych, yeah. that, that psych yeah. who works with a lot of people in the addiction spaces, I, I would say 98% of people struggling with alcohol dependence and addiction yeah. are yeah. neurodivergent. Yeah. And it just it makes yeah. so much sense when you delve yeah. into it. Anyway, so I was basically just watching this man not be okay. And literally nothing that I did, because I tried everything, Emma. I tried... I tr I mean, yeah. no stone yeah. was left unturned. I remember, I remember when our marriage ended, even his family said, there's literally nothing more you could have done. But throughout the lead up to that, there was yeah. this sense of, um, I am not okay in myself because I am trying to manage you and my job yeah. has to be me. And I remember mm. coming up then, bumping up against all these sorts of things. You know, people say that that whole line of you're only you you can only be as okay as your most unhappy yeah. child or something. And I kept on thinking, what? Like, yeah. one of my kids is always in the shit. Like, and. <laughs> Or something like, what do you mean? So yeah. well, I have to put my own happiness, my own sense of joy, my own uh, purpose, m m my own well well being mm. to the side. If I yeah. have children or a, or a partner that's not okay, and and it was an equation that didn't make sense to me because as I was moving through this, I realised I was the golden goose. I was the one who was actually holding it all together. Mm. I was the one fucking handling it. But but I had prioritised myself at the bottom of the pile. And I got shingles. Yeah. Uh, I was mm. not okay. I was not, I was not well. And I realised I needed to flip. Mm. I needed to put, I needed to yeah. work on, how to keep myself okay and allow my people who are going to live, hopefully my children will live long lives. They're going to have these constant ups yeah. and downs. They're going to be like this. I mean, my son started high school this year, Emma. Yeah. It has been dramatic. It has been oh, like, no. why didn't anyone <laughs> warn me? I can imagine. I, he had anxiety stuff that I was unaware of and has reared its mm. head right now mm. and having had a parent who dies yeah. you know the psychs all told me you know things will drop for them at different stages and and i'm yeah. just always really aware of them and what they're going through but the beautiful thing that i learned was like yeah. they are going to have their human experience and i'm either going to be right in the mud with them tearing myself apart Part. I mean, we, we mm -hmm. hate seeing our people in pain. No one wants that. But, but I need to be this, this 
like I need to be here and I can create a space for them to feel, to be, to explore themselves. But it's not my, mm. it's not my job to fix them. It's not my job to, uh, you know, of yeah. course we, we do what we have to for our, for our children. You know, they're not on their own. But I don't, yeah. I don't feel like, I guess I was trying to protect them all those years from the very, very worst thing that could happen mm. and the worst thing did happen. And, yeah. and watching my children navigate yeah. the grief of their dad, learning how to live without their mm. dad has shown me that actually we're pretty amazing as humans. We're pretty amazing. And, and they yeah. have so many answers if we actually just allow them to, okay. you know, explore themselves, not try to, like, I couldn't protect them from the pain. I wish I could. Mm. We all wish we could, mm. but, but we can't. And so who I am I choosing to be for them? It has to include yeah. some, like being a woman who takes really good care of herself so that I have the inner resources yeah. and availability to create that space for them, not mm. fix them, have the space for them. Exactly. That's it. That's exactly it. It's and, and I remember when you I remember hearing you saying other people can have their experience of life and I have my own experience of life. And yes. those two things can coexist. And there's a duality. We can be the world can be having a really bad time, but we can also be okay. And I remember thinking, wow, that's mm. the sort of messaging mm. that I need for myself and also like I say many of the women in my community are dealing with lots and lots of different things going on with other people and often you know that trauma response of fix it and doing everything for everybody is really prevalent as well and I think what you teach which is so invaluable away from the sort of you know um, getting our nails painted version of self-care is that just creating some space for ourselves? It makes such a difference. And, in my and it's it's and so uh, it's not super sexy a message in lots of ways. It is profound because for some reason we forgot we forgot that we're the main character in our own lives. You know, we forget we become mothers. And we become, and we Love are, we, mm. we become partners, and suddenly we just sort of give over the main character role to our people, and in fact, it's us. And and women are the fucking heroes of the story every time, and we forget that we forget we're creating this life with all of our choices. We just forget we have them. Yeah. We forget we have them because we go into default service mode. And it's not bad. Sorry, I'm swearing a lot. But if you, um, like, we, we yeah, just right. wouldn't. You just wouldn't drop your, your kids and let them fend for themselves. That's never going to be the case. So if that's not going to be the case, then how can you show yourself as much love, compassion for you as you do for your children? 
I, I just think, you know, someone said to me once, you can only give from an overflowing cup, you know, because mm. if you like even the full cup, that means that your giving is depleting the cup. So, so we need to be just yeah. really beefing our own cup. We need to be filling it so it's overflowing so we've got more to give. But I, I see women get trapped in this fast-paced life of just go, go, go. Like there's just mm. so much all the time. Our kids are begging for mm. us to slow down. They don't need the amount of things that we think yes. that they need. We have this sense no. of we're letting them down if we're not doing all the blah, 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 blah. Our kids, I mean, they, they, don't, they don't want the pace. I, don't, I really don't think. And I think that, that was actually one of the gifts of COVID that we've kind of forgotten. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, especially our neurodivergent kids who operate on a completely different frequency mm. and we've got so much to learn from that. The world is messed up because... Like the, all of the structures, the education system, the amount of hours that we work, like even that whole, mm. you know, people bringing in a four-day work week and it's so mm. freaking revolutionary. And it's like, hang on. <laughs> I think it's just a sign yeah. and, and, and neurodivergent um, people know this more than anyone else that it's just not sustainable the way that we're doing things. So let's just like look over okay. here. I mean, the amount that yeah. you talk to people about, um, you know, our reliance on, on alcohol and, I mean, you know, we've had many conversations about this and I did a reel yeah. around Mother's Day, which was, um, yeah. you know, just about, I think it was, I can't remember who the bottle shop was that were like, you know, for the mums who have a sneaky G&T before dinner, you know, gin's on sale. Yeah. And it's like, stop giving women boot. Why is she having that? Is it because yeah. her life is unmanageable yeah. and she just needs to take the edge off so she can get through That's the exactly dinner right. routine and bed routine? Like, yeah. something's gone wrong here. Let's talk about that. That's more interesting. Absolutely. That's what the conversation should be about. It's so interesting. It's so um frustrating for me that the conversation always goes into the kind of the alcohol as opposed to the reasons why the people so much I, like, I know every time yeah. i use the word alcoholic or addict or something like that to describe yeah. nick that people would have a sense yeah. of who he was and when they make a, and he was a, in yeah, recovery and he would go to rehab, the stories that he would come back with of the, the judges, the pilots, yes. the pediatricians, the, all mm. these sorts of people. It was, mm. it's not mm. like, hang on, mm. why are these, these people are so stressed? No. Um, I mean, I saw something the other day. I think Four Corners are doing a big um, story about cocaine. I don't know if have seen that. Yeah. And, um, right, yeah. I mean, just the statistics that they've got about who is having it all the time, that it's just... Yeah. I mean, and you just think... Yes. Why? Why? What is happening yeah. 
to the world. What is this really, really all about? And I see Faye just wrote late stage capitalism is killing us literally. So is like patriarchal, structural, like, I mean, this, this is a thing and and this stuff is, is what's happening. But, you know, when it comes down to the, like the topic that we're talking about today and being okay when our people aren't okay, it does open up big yeah. questions for us women about as as amazing creatresses i mean we literally build families we we yeah. we create this life as we go yeah. that we have to stop to question what we're telling ourselves is normal or what we're telling ourselves yeah. is success or That's what we're exactly. telling ourselves uh, is good That's parenting or all of that sort of stuff, unless, yeah. and that's what, that's really what you yeah. came in and did in, in Ready for Change. It's like, hang on, what's the story you're telling yourself? And is this even true? What is the story of this world, this society, mm, this yeah. normality that we've created? And is it actually working for anybody? Who is this working for right now? Like, yeah. and, yeah. and, and <laughs> when is the, but exactly. we can only do those Nobody. things when we switch things back to ourselves Mm. and start asking ourselves bigger questions and the globally it's happening it's it's happening but there's no kind of um i i do see that a lot of leaders so a lot of people who have had way more placed on them and i put mothers into this as well so people leading other people through crisis through change there's been more demands on them, more expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, their capacity is maxed out. So mm-hmm. burnout is happening. Burnout is rife. It's everywhere. Uh, and, 100% everywhere. And I think that mm-hmm. when you, if you see yourself as the, the golden goose, if you see yourself as, as the leader yes. of your team, whether it is a business, whether it is yes. uh, your family, whether it is a classroom, I mean, teachers, if you see yourself as the golden goose, the one they are looking at you, but you might not be responsible for what you think okay. you need to be responsible for. Your responsibility yes. lies with yourself. Your responsibility lies with you being the best version of you. And people do, they talk about self-care as, I mean, it's just, but it's actually more yeah. an honouring of the role yeah. that you have and the fact that if you want to show up for yeah. your people, if you actually really do want to help, it's not fixing their problems. Yeah. It's being the kind of person that can be steady, yeah. who takes care, who nourishes themselves. Yes. I mean, who, who does really small, simple things That's like it. just taking a little bit of time out sometimes to yeah. recalibrate like our brains yeah. have too much stimulation yeah. these days and yeah and it's like it's all these really unsexy things that that will allow us to be people yeah. who can lead our people through through change and through way. crisis and lead ourselves yeah. but but we're not yeah. but everyone's just trying to pivot and reinvent and reimagine without actually stopping and going hang yeah. on firstly i think we've got a major major problem with unresolved grief sorry i'm just going i'm just talking stop me but, but, yeah no but like, do it. i do perfect. think that a lot I of these it. people a lot of these people at the top of organizations of governments of families 
are so fucking sad about what's been lost the past few years. And no one has stopped yeah. to feel yeah. their grief. No one has properly grieved what this has cost us. You know, really, are, are people clear yeah. about it? Because I do think that it wants to be felt. Mm -hmm. And they're all just trying to move on to the next thing and hold yeah. so much, holding so much without actually yeah. just going, oh, I'm sad. I am not okay. Yeah. This was yeah. really, really hard. There are still, I mean, you know, I did a, really a live event a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. God, was it? A month ago. I know. I would have loved to have oh, seen I so it. wish I was there um, that. I'm so it, I, was, I sort of just oh. in passing was mentioning like, uh, you know, uh, and it was obviously a room full of Melbourne mums. And it was like, are we all right? Are we okay mm -hmm. after mm -hmm. the COVID years? And everyone was like, <laughs> yeah. no. It was like the whole room. Yeah. Almost, it was funny to think <laughs> yeah. that we're okay. Yeah. People aren't okay. Their kids yeah. still aren't okay. There's yeah. huge ripple of yeah. an ongoing ripple effect. No. And, and mm. we don't kind of, mm. we haven't fully acknowledged it. We've just tried to go about business as usual and people aren't okay. And the first step yeah. has to be yeah. to recognize no. and acknowledge what, what was lost, what we feel sad about. Have they let themselves feel yeah. sad? People's businesses are complete transformations to what they used to be or yeah. they lost them. You know, people's kids aren't going to school anymore. Yes. So many no, kids. So and many kids aren't going to school. I mean, my son's so in many. my bed this morning, just like I just I don't want to go. I just don't want to go. And I, no. I'm like, I know. No, <laughs> I get it. And I am at the moment really, you know, talking to the kids a lot about this life that we're living and how we're doing. He's like, I know, Mum, you say that some yeah. of the stuff that I don't, I'm learning at school. You know, we talk a lot about the future that they're going to walk into. I mean, it's yeah. only going to be yeah. quite chaotic, quite, like, it's, it's going to be filled with change. Change is going to be rapid and fast and the impacts are going to be huge. Yes. So how do we prepare our kids for, for that? And, and I think that... Yeah, that's exactly right. And this compliance, 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 compliance isn't forcing people to push through, like it's what, what happened to us when we were kids, you know, the ramifications of that we see in the burnout you in know, front of us. I remember you know? one of the core things that I often talk to women about is boundaries, like learning how to say no. Like, no, I, mm. I am not. And I know you experience this mm. um, in your household. It's like if someone is really feeling a no, I can't, I don't have capacity for this, why are we disrespecting yeah. that? It doesn't make sense. They have this sense right. of, of what feels okay and no one's being naughty or bad. Yeah. It's, it's not that. And yet no. we keep no. on expecting ourselves yeah. to, you know, fulfill this broken, you know, way of being. System. And it just yeah. doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. And, and so no wonder people, I mean, I have done the escapist stuff like everybody else, but I haven't escaped into mm. booze or mm. destructive things like no. that, but we've all needed to yeah. es like escape yeah. 
but we but then that only lasts so long and then we have to to come back in and we have to be in this world and we have to have skills for leading ourselves through through change and through crisis and i think yeah 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 putting our big girl pants on and having the difficult conversations which a lot of the time we're missing we are avoiding because we're drinking or working or whatever it is that we decide to do to take us away from ourselves I love what you do, Lise, and I love this conversation. I thank you and honour you so much for bringing yourself to it. <laughs> I just I got very ranty. 100%. I got I very ranty. All of us are. I love what you love ranty. Well, it's also, I think, what you're right? doing is disruptive. It's disruptive to the status quo. And I think the status yeah. quo is ripe for disruption. Angie. And if people like you and I, you know, pretty just, I mean, right you're not average, but I consider myself just, you know, and I'm, like, like, I'm, I'm just so a normal a person. I'm asking myself these questions. Everyone's asking themselves yes. these questions. Yes. And unless we have, unless we give gift yeah. ourselves um, the chance to really explore it and sit with it, which you can't do if you're just constantly just numbing yourself or whatever, and then we're going to miss okay. the opportunity. And I think us as a, you know, as very, very privileged women, um, we, you know, need to be opening up spaces where this can be discussed, where we can all be like, I don't know, do you know the way? I'm not too sure, but this just feels like a lot. Uh, Then I think think that's a good thing for people to take off the masks and to just be honest. Yeah, hundred percent. And that honesty is everything, isn't it? And that's why in in alcohol space, having that conversation where you're like, people are like, I'm drinking because I can't, I can't relax unless I unless I have a drink. Literally, I have all these things going on in my brain. And other people are like, Oh, me too. And you're like, Oh, okay. So it's not just me. And like you say, it's like having those conversations because we all think that this normal, which is bullshit, is actually how we should be and we can't right. do it because it's Right, and then one person in that community will say, uh, I just got a, an ADHD diagnosis and my whole life has yes. just changed because I just realised that I was trying to, like that, that chatter in my head and that always constantly on, the blah, blah, there's, no, there's not, nothing wrong with me, yes. it's just my brain and then so then the ripple effects of that for everybody who hears it and learns from it is is extraordinary so it's amazing community who can talk honestly and and share about this stuff so lucky so lucky thank you Lise I know um it has been wonderful for the people who I work with who follow me to listen to you I'm sure they already are following you anyway but for me, Lisa's work is so, it literally for me, I was on the floor. I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do with myself. I was broken. I'd left a 20 plus year career and everything was felt like it was falling apart. And I worked with Lisa and I kept working with Lisa because I really loved the way that she talks and the way that she does things. And it really helped me. 
Um, and I bring a lot of the work that I learned from Lisa into my own work. And it, so it just keeps having this ripple effect least, throughout my life. Um, and I know a lot of people who follow me follow you anyway, but a lot of people I who are in my world, I think would really benefit from everything that you do. So would you be kind enough to share what you're, what you're currently, um, what you're currently doing, what your current offering is, what's happening <laughs> well, at the moment I'm in your world? Well, I'm going through a little bit of a transition phase, to be honest, Emma. Um, but I, yeah. I do, I have two main programs. So the one that you are referring to that you came in on was called Ready for Change. And I've repackaged re that now, redone yeah. it, updated yeah. it, included a lot more stuff. I mean, I didn't even really know about um, neurodiversity before, like back then. So I felt like there was just a lot that needed yeah. to be acknowledged in that in that program. So yeah. um, that is now called the Change Method. And, uh, and I run it, actually, I yeah. teach it live. So I teach it over two two-hour workshops. And, yeah, I just think people probably want a bit more, you know, in real life stuff these days. But I also have, mm. like, a fabulous mm. three-month experience called The Change Room where, you know, it's all the core stuff that you know from me, all the yeah. things, like, when a woman is feeling like mm. she just needs to upgrade like life just needs to be upgraded in certain ways. Uh, she enters the change room and I just yeah. walk her step by step through just different areas of her life and we follow my basics um, for life, which are just basically six principles that I kind of live my life by. And women experience, like it doesn't have to be hard yeah. is my message always to feel a shift in life. It just doesn't have to be hard. And yes, sometimes the smallest things yeah. can make such a profound difference in our lives. I wish more people mm. sort of mm. could experience that. I think the way we go about creating change in our lives with big New yeah. Year's resolutions or stuff like that, it's like, hang on a minute, yeah. that never works and there's so yeah. many brain-based reasons why that kind of yeah. change why diets don't work why none of that works. um so the change room is yeah. is everything over the last 12 years that i have learned about behavior change put into a program specifically for overwhelmed women who are looking to create some change in their lives so um yes i mean if people can message me if they want links to any of those things but i do feel there is something coming through about leading through change i do think that that this world that we have yes. found ourselves in is going to be constant evolution constant disruption um our kids are going to need skills for that and they're going to be looking to us and Hopefully. we need to skill up for this world so um Faye, it's not for mums with kids at home 100%. no yeah it's for it's for everyone uh yeah. in fact men contact me quite a lot and they're like can i please <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, um, I yeah, probably should talk more. more about the things that I sell on my Instagram, but mostly that's just me sharing stories of my life. <laughs> so yeah. thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you were here. And I so wish I'd come and seen you speak at Harvest. Oh. It sounded amazing. I was so nervous, Emma. I, I mean, sharing the story. I'll probably, I might yeah, have another yeah. Melbourne event, but I'm hoping yeah. to take it to Sydney and Brisbane um so but we'll just wait yes, and see it's good. a bit hard for me to leave good. my kids at the moment so i've sort of got to go go with them well thank you so 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 much thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of midlife af with emma gilmore 
If you enjoyed it, please share on Instagram for your friends and tag me at Hope Rising Coaching. If you want to help me grow the podcast, please review the episodes for me on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com for my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com. Sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine. And remember to keep choosing you.